Hi, I'm Eden. I'm Sam. And I'm Taylor. And this is Ruby the Podcast. We are a community of young Gen Z women seeking answers to the hard questions and discovering what it means to cultivate our purpose. We believe you are here to live an extraordinary life filled with wonder and driven by intention. So join us as we interview powerful women just a few steps ahead to share their wisdom required for living an authentic and daring life. You'll be hearing from world-changing entrepreneurs, bold creatives, and industry experts. All to serve you up the highest inspiration and practical steps to embodying the fullest version of yourself. So take a breath. Settle in and get ready to discover who you're made to be. We are so grateful you're here. Hello, Ruby. Welcome to episode three. Episode three. (laughs) Episode three. Oh my goodness. Welcome back to Ruby, the podcast. We're so glad you're here. We just want to talk before we start about how we are learning all of these topics with you and alongside you. And a lot of the things we talk about are pretty high-level concepts, and um, some of these things we've never heard of before until we talked with some of our interviewees, but um, basically, we're learning with you, is what we wanted to say. And so don't feel bad or confused if you don't know what's going on, because Mm -hmm. sometimes neither do we. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And um, our interview this episode is with the lovely Dr. Barbara Morris. Um, And what she talks about is this idea of victim consciousness and holding yourself accountable. Um, And it's definitely complex and we're still processing it, but it's super important and interesting. And um, we're super excited for you guys to hear it. And also don't miss out on Big Sis Tay's um, little Q&A session towards the end. And we'll see you on the other side. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to Ruby the Podcast. Dr. Barbara Morris, we are so excited that you're here with us today. We've heard so much about you from Taylor and how you're passionate about victim consciousness, and we'd love if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you. Well, okay. Um, I'm a clinical psychologist by training. I'm also a spiritual director by training. and I, for the last 13 years or so, I've been teaching spiritual transformation classes and um, writing the curriculum and just working with people. It's just been really fun to do that. It's watching people grow and open up. It's just been amazing. So I love uh, that. So yeah, cool. me too. <laughs> when I heard that you guys are doing that, I'm like, Oh, I wish I had learned all these things when I was your age. <laughs> what a gift. You have no idea the gift you're getting by this. Thank yeah. you. Um, well, um, Dr. Barbara Morris, we know you do so much um, and study so much and teach so much about victim. Just call me Barbara. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, Barbara, we have seen all the things you do about um, with victim consciousness and it's a new thing for us, and I'm sure it's a new thing for a lot of listeners. And we were wondering if you could just um, explain really what it is and the uh, basis of what it is. Yeah. 
Sure. I think it um, gets a little confusing for a lot of people because they think of it as just being in that victim mood. Oh, that poor me, somebody come and rescue me kind of mentality. Right. Really, victim consciousness encompasses a whole lot more. It is when you think of an inverted triangle, I thought I had a picture, but no, I'm not the most organized person in the world. <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> Organization is not one of my strengths. I just want, I printed this out just to show you, and I don't know, it may be backwards, but it's an inverted triangle and the victim spot is on the bottom. And these two are on the top. And this one is called the enabler rescuer. And mm -hmm. this one is the blamer. So there's actually three parts to the victim consciousness, which most people don't even realize. And they don't. Um, and so everybody kind of knows what the victim stuff is, right? I mean, it's somebody come and take care of me and make this better kind of thing, looking outside yourself. Right. You know, and actually that's kind of the definition of victim consciousness, looking outside yourself rather than looking inward. You know, it's not taking responsibility for you. Right. So it's kind of seeing the world as it's coming, like targeting towards you. Or like you feel like it's, you're the victim. It's yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a great quote by, was it Katie Byron or whatever her name is. Life is happening for you, not mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. and you've probably heard that. And that's just so true. Like, when things come, it's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to learn about yourself. And so, but the rescuer position is, um, I, I don't know if you have ever felt this. I've felt this, this compulsion to want to fix somebody. Yes. You help. You want, to, you want to make it better for them. But really, when you do that, you kind of push them down into the victim spot because you're, you're overstepping. You're not empowering people because mm -hmm. when you really love people, you empower them, not right. assume their responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then the blamers, I mean, we see a lot of blamers in our society right now, not taking responsibility, blaming them, whoever them is. And because they have this inner sense of powerlessness and so they project it out on the other people does that all make sense yeah yeah so it's we're we're seeing this victim consciousness kind of play out in a lot of different areas and we can see it in our own personal lives and in the way we're seeing other people and thinking about other people in our own feelings in in politics even and just like society in general so oh, it's yeah. just kind of learning to redirect um, that that channel of, of thoughts in a, in a new way, in a healthy way. Um, yeah. yeah, it's learning to assume responsibility for your own feelings, for your own thoughts, your own beliefs, your own actions. Right. Yeah. So how do you use victim consciousness when mentoring other people? Or you've talked a lot about coaching. Um, how does that play into your advice and your wisdom that you share? with others? Well, what I do, I mean, it's kind of been my thing is to help people remember who they really are and mm -hmm. help them discover what gets in the way of being who they truly are. Because we all, we don't always, 
we don't live from that space. And there's so many things that get in the way and to help people discover that. And victim consciousness is only one way that gets in the way. But once I discovered it and I discovered it as in one of my classes, one of the women was talking about something and it was like, so obvious she was in victim mode, you know? <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah, do you, you think maybe you're seeing it as a, from a victim perspective, you know? And that afternoon I was talking to my spiritual mentor and it was suggested to me what I was talking about that I was in that. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, well now I'm hearing this twice in one day. I need to look into this. Cause mm-hmm. I know that, you know, one time you're like, yeah, two times there's something for me. <laughs> If I hear three times on, no, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. So I went and researched and found this great book by Lynn Forrest called Beyond Victim Consciousness. And it okay. Just, mm. And it just opened my eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, our whole society lives in victim consciousness. No wonder mm. it's a mess. Right. You know? And it just, it's, it's insidious, you know? Like, okay, I like The Bachelor. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I listen to these women on there and they're like, oh, he makes me feel. And I sit there and go, he can't make you feel anything. You know? uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's victim conscious. Those are not owning their own feelings. Instead of saying, I feel. Mm. They're putting it on him. It's outside of themselves. You know, And you hear that all the time in movies, on TV shows, all of it is, oh. It made me feel it. They made me feel, or it made me feel, whatever it is, you know, and that just keeps you in that victim mood because you're not owning you. You're not taking responsibility for your own feelings. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's very insidious because it, I mean, it sounds so normal because you hear it all the time, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It sounds like just a normal, <laughs> like, series of dialogue, just like because yeah. that's just the way people talk. I mean, that's, I can see that in myself too, thinking that way or, Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just having any conversation, really. The amount of times we say that, it, it could be, like, once you know what victim consciousness is, it, it would <laughs> seem like an overwhelming amount of the conversations we have are about that, which is yes. interesting yeah. to think about, I think. Yeah, I mean, it really changed how I, my perspective of things, and, and I was shocked by that because I've never really heard it in those kind of terms before yeah yes all over the place me and Eden definitely after hearing from Taylor what victim consciousness was and just getting a little glimpse into it even we were kind of like whoa that's because we just realized talking about so many things we say um school makes me stressed or she made me feel annoyed but it's really like those things are there but it's our like taking responsibility for the feelings and it's so it's just so interesting it's it's totally interesting because you know our thoughts are what create our feelings Mm so what you're thinking about something and then you get the feelings from it so it's really starting with owning your thoughts what Mm -hmm. are you thinking about you know like if you think He's making you feel a certain way. What are you really thinking about that person? And then owning your thoughts about it and feelings. Yeah, it's. it's I feel like really, you <laughs> <laughs> take it in like yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think once you're able to 
recognize your thoughts and your feelings, it's easier to sort out um, like your perspective on different topics even like um, it, it's like a check in to yourself to see what kind of headspace you're in. So mm-hmm. if you're seeing a lot of these negative victim thoughts, you know that maybe you need to take a breath and just like go in internally and just like think <laughs> about how you want to shift that and mm-hmm. and like make it better, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I think that's the important thing like, in my work is to teach people to to become aware. And then when you become aware, you can take a pause in that and you can choose differently. So if you choose, you know, seeing yourself blaming people, you know, you can choose not to do that. You can stop yourself mm-hmm. and say, okay, I don't want to stay on this victim triangle, you know, and choose differently, taking responsibility. What am I really feeling? What do I really think about that? And really, you know, so much of personal growth is quieting our minds. Mm, right. You know, and just stopping all that constant busyness and that constant worry and the constant criticism of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because the blaming, you know, the blamer can put the blame outside or it can blame ourselves for not mm-hmm. being worthy enough, not being whatever enough. Yeah. And, and that is just as hurtful for ourselves and the world. Yes. Um, and you keep mentioning how, like, everyone in our society falls victim to victim consciousness. Um, in what generations have you really seen this play out? Well, I thought about that question when you sent it to me. I'm like, I've seen it in every generation. Huh? just can look different. I mean, now we really see it in the political realm, you know, right. that it's very big in the, with the politics, but it's, you know, it, I think because it's so insidious that it has just kind of blossomed and, and has become okay, mm-hmm. you know, rather than of just being able to Take ownership of yourself. It's just like okay to blast people. It's okay to criticize people and judge people. And it's not. Right. Yeah. So what have you noticed is a trigger for these kind of feelings? Like, are there certain days where something makes you start to go down that spiral of negative thoughts? Or are there like things someone will say to you or, or that you've seen, not even in yourself, but in, in other people and people you coach. You're talking like victim consciousness asking me this question. What <laughs> <laughs> made you feel? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Made you, yeah. No, I need to work on that myself. That's how easy it is to do yes. it. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just totally easy to go right into that. But once you start noticing like, oh, there it is. I just did it again. And, you know, with personal growth, forgiveness is so important. Mm-hmm. Beating yourself up like, oh, my gosh, why did I do that? It impedes our growth. Mm-hmm. And just accept, you know, the acceptance. You know, one, one of the really, one of the things I love doing is working with people in their shadow parts. Mm-hmm. Because we all have shadow parts, parts that we don't own in ourselves. 
because when we don't own them, we project them out to others. We see that part of us that we don't accept in ourselves. We see that in other people and then we criticize them because we haven't owned those parts in ourselves. I remember one of the questions you said something about how do you, how do you deal with not being perfect kind of basically. Mm. And it's like, because I'm human and mm-hmm. I have parts, you know, I can be selfish. I can be, have mean thoughts. I try not to say them out loud. But sometimes I have mean thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've learned, I used to say them out loud a lot more, but I've learned to not do that. But you know, all those things, it's part of being a human and that I've accepted my humanness and because I'm not going to do it perfect. I'm not going to, I don't even try. And if I, if, if I want to eat my feelings, like you were asking me, about, <laughs> you know, stress eating, you know, and then I, because when I make a choice to do that, I don't have to feel guilty because it's my choice. But if right. I'm doing it unconsciously, like, oh, I'm so stressed, I need to have some ice cream or whatever kind of thing, you know, that doesn't feel good because afterwards we think we're going to feel better, but we really don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's having to do being empowered to, to have the choice in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's such a, it's such a hard topic to get my head around, but um, like you were just saying, it's definitely because we hear in our society like there's like three different things either um don't do this because it's unhealthy for you in regards to say like stress eating like you just said um either don't eat that because it's bad for you or eat that because you deserve to or it's like a like you're saying instead of saying I'm eating because I'm stressed it's a I am wanting to eat and I'm taking responsibility but I'm not going to feel bad about it and that's where it's not being in the victim consciousness um, headspace but also not feeling bad for being blame like blaming yourself and your own feelings it's not feeling guilty about that so it's definitely I'd say a long journey to (laughs) recognizing that and also finding like healing and joy in it so that's super, super cool. Oh, it really is. And you'd be surprised that once you become aware of it, that you start seeing it all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's not that if you want to stress eat, you know, that's your choice to do it. Or you may choose not to do it because you're aware that's why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's about being aware of why you're doing it to mm-hmm. things too. So I loved how you said sorry I didn't mean to cut you off <laughs> um, I loved how you said it's accepting your humanness just because um, there are so many times where I think I try to push away those feelings of oh I'm I'm feeling selfish right now I'm um, and like that kind of stuff or, or judging other people or but we need to accept that and then take responsibility and correct it and I think that's just having that like flow is a good training almost for your brain and it's yeah, like sam said it's a journey but yeah. because it is it's retraining how you think right yeah because you know? we we our tendency has always been oh my gosh why did i say that i think i'm geez why did, oh gosh mm-hmm. you know kind of thing blaming ourselves 
And, and what happens, it never makes us a better person, does it? Mm-hmm. All it does is heap on the guilt and then we feel bad and we go into shame. And, and you know, and it, it impedes our growth instead of, well, I wish I hadn't, but I did. And, you know, next time I hope I do better. And I'm sorry, you know, mm. sorry yeah. I said it. Um, yes. Barbara, what are some things to say to yourself instead of um, blaming other people or even blaming yourself? Because this idea is not even to blame yourself, but to say, like, I'm making this conscious decision. And it's two different things. And how, what do you say to yourself or what are some phrases um, to reword that from I am the victim to I am making this decision? Well, I think for me, it's, uh, I try not to make decisions without reflecting on why I want to do them. Um, Because I've just gotten in trouble so much in the past from being impulsive and (laughs) not doing that. (laughs) I've learned along the way to kind of quiet myself. And I like that space of just really quieting myself and listening from within and um, learning to trust that small voice inside of us mm-hmm. that really speaks truth to us. And it's mm-hmm. so hard to, to trust when we're so used to getting all the answers out there and doing this and that and, and just to be able to, to trust that. Because when you're trusting yourself, you're empowered, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if it doesn't go the way you want, then you have to still have a choice to do it differently because nothing's ever going to go the way every quote. And I, I don't know, I've lived in a, a lot of life where things that I thought were not too good at the time turned out to be great blessings mm-hmm. and things that I thought I really wanted and would be wonderful didn't turn out so good sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to learn not to judge things so much mm-hmm. and to accept what comes because I really believe that whatever label you want to put on God, because God has a lot of connotations to people, universe, some people say universe, the source of all, source, love, whatever it is, that what comes to us is for our good, for our growth, mm-hmm. to trust in that and to look. And to be able to say, okay, what is this? This is coming to me. What can I learn from this? What can I learn about myself? You know, and to be able to grow from everything. Yes. That perspective has changed me and how I look at life. Because it it gets me out of that victim. Like, oh my gosh, look at this terrible thing that's happened. I even think of like the pandemic. The world is in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. What is our world supposed to know through all this? What is it supposed to, to learn from by all this? Yeah. You know, it's not by chance. It, it really like reframes your, pers- your perspective on everything. And mm-hmm. it's really cool to hear all of this because this is, like Sam said earlier, it's totally new to mm-hmm. us. And I just, I'm excited to like digest it more after just hearing you talk about it because it's so interesting um I wanted to say or ask 
how victim consciousness plays a role in relationships, whether that be friendships or um, other any any type of relationships in family, um, and just how it can define a dynamic between two people, sort of, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was looking, you know, I was kind of reviewing things and all, and I, I actually wrote a whole curriculum. We did a whole semester on victim consciousness in one mm. of the classes, and it was, it was very enlightening. Um, and I found this one scenario that I use, and I think it explains at least family relationships. The, mother, the, the father walks in and the mother is yelling at her son saying, get your own work done kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this never happens to you guys. But, <laughs> <laughs> and then the father walks in and he sees the mother yelling at the kid and, and he says to the mother, leave him alone. He's had a hard day. He's been at school all day and practice and just give him a break. He's tired. So then one of two things probably either happens. Either the mother gets mad at the father and starts blaming him for butting in and getting involved. And, and then the father can yell back at the mother, you know, or the kid can say, yeah, mom, stop getting on my back, you know, and side with dad. Or he can go after dad and say, stop picking on mom. You know, you can see how all this blaming and not taking responsibility just kind of plays out mm-hmm. so easily. And, yeah. You know, Without us really noticing it, I feel like. Yeah, it just it boom, boom, boom. And, and then everybody's mad at everybody and, and you lose all that connection. And right. It's kind of hard to imagine like a world and a life without that scenario because it's so common. And I, it's so hard then to, especially when we're angry or feeling deep emotions, to recognize that that's we're taking or we're blaming something else and I I don't know that's just it's definitely something that plays out so much in our society I know we've said it a bunch of times but every person I I feel like most people have never actually like heard or fully understood victim consciousness I I totally agree with you and the fact that you're even learning about it I'm just so excited because I mean you're from my understanding from Taylor is that you want to reach 15 to 20 year olds. Yeah. I mean, how much life could change? It, mm-hmm. You know, learning that at your age. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just totally excites me. <laughs> yes. It excites us too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of the most common things that you've seen people um, blame? Blame. What am I saying? People claim to be the victim of like something that is bringing that bringing that feeling onto them, even though that's not the right way to yeah, say yeah. it. <laughs> With the awareness even yeah. you started, you stop. Yay! I need. I, it's going to take some work. Hey, I can still once in a while fall into that too because it's so automatic. Yeah. So just when you do, just notice it, and if you don't, maybe next time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that, okay, totally lost your question. (laughs) (laughs) I said, what do people, what have you seen people claim to be the victim of? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I'm trying to think of teenage kind of example of you didn't do well on a test. 
oh, that teacher is just a jerk. Oh, that teacher didn't tell us that those things are going to be on the test. Right. The mm-hmm. teacher, what, you know, blaming the teacher or my parents, they wouldn't let me stay up as late as I wanted to study. But reality is you didn't do well. And that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and just accepting next time I have to study more or, or I have to go talk to the teacher to find out more about what's going to be on the day, whatever it is. And, and just owning that or sports teams. And they lost, and it's oh that ref there just calling everything against us, mm-hmm. you know, or the other team cheated or whatever, you know. It's always instead of the other team either scored more points or just played better. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. Those are perfect examples because I can hear it being said by myself and by other people at school exactly the way you just said it. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. It, it just really makes you think, I don't know how else to put it, but it really is just eye-opening. And it's exactly how I felt when I started learning <laughs> about that. I was just like, oh my goodness, wow. I was just kind of blown away. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. Um, that's, yes, that's definitely scenarios, like Ethan said, that we hear. And it's so commonly then, I feel like for me, if I was in the situation, I'm thinking, nope, don't be the victim. Um, I would then say to myself, oh, you're just, you just didn't study hard enough or you just didn't play hard enough. But that's, again, placing the blame on me. And and instead of just stating the fact, oh, you just, you just didn't do as well as last time. Like it's, you lost. Yes. Yes. The truth is you just lost. Uh Right. And it doesn't even need an explanation at all. You lost. Next time. Maybe different, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Our so mind try to try to make sense of things all the time. And and when we do that, it we 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 lose that it just is. You know, you lost. Mm-hmm. No big deal. <laughs> you yeah. lost. Yeah. That's really cool. It just is. I really mm-hmm. like that. Um, how can taking responsibility um actually bring true freedom I feel like I just want to say do you have any thoughts on that because you just you guys are just so opening up (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think everything oh god everything you're saying is just um showing us the freedom in, in accepting that in yourself and I don't know you you answer the question you'll say it better than me but I this is just that's not necessarily true, but what you'll feel is empowered mm. as a person. You'll be in touch with yourself in, the, in ways that you haven't been before because you're empowered to, to feel your own feelings and to own them and to think and to, you know, whatever it is that they're yours, you know? That's and, so cool. And accept that in yourself. Yeah. Mm. It's very cool. In fact, when my daughter and I taught that class, we we entitled it um, "Reclaiming Your Personal Power." Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Instead of giving it away and putting it out there, mm-hmm. whatever wherever there is. Right. Right. So. So good. It's so Actually, yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Sam. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say it's such a beautiful 
um, thought because it's, I, I don't know, just the idea of being empowered through this, um, it's just something that our society really needs, I think, and something we needed to hear too. So thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Eden. You're welcome. Are there any sort of sentence starters almost to get our brains in the habit of, of thinking instead of saying I am the victim or pu- pushing the blame onto something else? Uh, <coughs> I don't know about sentence. Uh, it's more about noticing. Right. Noticing when you're... Oh, gosh. I feel... You know, it's that poor me. I just want somebody to come and take care of me. You know, we've all felt that way, right? Okay, let's move out of that and then try to figure out how to come up with some problem solving, you know? And then if you can't, you can ask for help, but but not wanting somebody to come in and rescue. You know, like, I love Disney movies, the princesses and all, but I think Walt Disney really hurt girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always this Prince Charming kind of guy that's coming to rescue the girl, right? Mm-hmm. No, but um, and and that tends to be the, the mentality, but you know, just somebody come and fix it, somebody take care of me, somebody just fix all this mess over here. I don't want to deal with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's sometimes in relationships and like a husband and wife one person will do all the money aspect and it's general because the other one doesn't want to bother with it mm-hmm. but really in, in a good relationship you both should know what's going on with it instead mm-hmm. of one person taking care of it and you know that that equality of things rather than um somebody just assuming that responsibility and you know i don't know i was talking to my daughter about this and and like do teenagers really rescue? I don't know. I know, I know teenagers can blame, but it is that feeling of wanting to rescue somebody from their feelings or the situation to fix them. Mm. I'm sure that your friends come to you. You guys are good listeners. I'm sure your friends come to you with their problems, right? Do you yes. want to? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, as a as a person. As a healthy living is what you want to do is get them to be empowered by helping them to come up with the solutions. Because when you're fixing them, you're enabling them. You know, the definition of enabling is doing something for somebody that they should be doing themselves and can do themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, we say enabler. Who wants to be an enabler? Nobody, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fixer sounds a little bit nicer, but rescuer, (laughs) really enabling. So, you know, working with your friends and just like, you know, I can, I'd be glad to listen, but let's, you know, let's see if we can figure out some, you know, can you figure out some ways to help with this and, Mm -hmm. and help guide them along in being able to own the situation and come up with solutions. And if they can't, you might want to say, you know, maybe it'd be good for you to ask some people for some help or, you you know, but not to go in and fix it and rescue them from it. 
because when you rescue them, you're putting them in the victim position. Mm. Right. Mm. So cool. So good. So good. For the last couple of questions, we want to just ask one more time if you could say it in the simplest terms and if you were giving advice to someone else that had never heard of victim consciousness before, how would you describe it in two sentences? Two sentences? <laughs> <laughs> or any, any short amount. <laughs> okay. Um, victim consciousness is looking outside of yourself for the answer, and it involves playing the poor me victim role, the rescuer enabler role, or the blaming role. And you can go back and forth in that triangle, jump in on the triangle any place, but you always end up in the victim role somehow with it, but it just, yeah. Is that mm. a couple sentences enough? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I just want to ask one more thing. If you could talk to your younger self, um, what, and you could tell her about victim consciousness, what would you say and how would it um, change the way you do things or did things? I thought that was a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about a lot of things that I'd like to tell myself. I, mm-hmm. I grew up in a family that was very dysfunctional and very uh, cold and not a lot of communication. So I never learned, like nobody ever asked me how I was mm-hmm. or, or cared about my day or anything. So I never learned how to open up and share and talk about things or be aware of my feelings and stuff. So when I thought about that, and I thought, you know, it, it, it kind of kept me in this victim mode because I, you know, was always angry with my parents because they never felt like they cared about me, you know. And so then I ended up marrying somebody else who kind of replicated my growing up parents so for my younger self I would say allow yourself to feel Mm. whatever it is you're feeling it's okay they're only feelings and you know reality is not necessarily your own feelings Mm -hmm. but they are your feelings and they're important to to quiet my to sit in quietness and quiet my mind and to notice my thoughts, to be more, to be aware. Mm. I had no idea how to be reflective and go inside. So I think I was 40 when I started therapy. And that's where I learned how to do that. Yeah, it's 40 years. Yeah. So um, I think that those are probably the two biggest things that I wish I had learned earlier. And mm far as how that looks in the victim consciousness, it would I would have been able to start taking responsibility for feeling and and what my thoughts were and to stop blaming and to you know, I, I was felt like I had never had choices in things. So I didn't feel empowered to um, live the way that I thought would be in a more helpful way for me to live. So, so no, that's that's beautiful. So cool to hear your wisdom and just all of your experience is is it's a really cool place for Sam and I to be in to 
to learn from you. And we're really thankful um, to hop on to this call and just hear your your thoughts on things. It, mm-hmm. It's well, really cool. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Of course. One of the, <laughs> the things I've always used was the Enneagram. So the Enneagram is a wonderful tool. Yes. Too, yeah. Which is probably another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that but before we have done. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing tool to use mm. to understand your hidden motivate, unconscious motivations. So, yes. Yeah. So, love I love talk. it. Yeah. So. Um, yes. Again, we are so, so grateful to have you with us and to hear um, all your wisdom and everything you had to say. Where can our listeners find you? Well, um, yeah, that's a good question because I kind of got rid of my website. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm teaching a class to some women that want to work with people. And in fact, it's really interesting because they're not, they're not counselors or anything. Like one's a banker, president of a bank, one is a social worker, one's a um, film producer, Mm. one's a um well taylor's in there mm-hmm. and, then, and then a mother she wants to learn how to be a better parent and i'm taking them through all these different things that i've taught for all these years because that's what i'd like to say to you guys as we leave is you have a great desire to help others but i would greatly encourage you to do the work yourself as you're doing, like becoming aware, just to continue on that journey for yourself. And as you learn things and that they become part of you, then you teach them to others. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out and people listen. Mm-hmm. So I think you're doing a great job with that. Thank, well, thank you, you so much. I would love to sit down and interview you guys sometime. <laughs> you know, your story is how you got to where you are. <laughs> that would be very fun. I would, yes. yeah. <laughs> One of the things I, oh, that's how I always do is like I, I ask people questions. I do. I try not to tell people what to do. I try mm. to ask questions so they're empowered to make the choices themselves. So it's so inspiring to hear this so because it's just deeper knowledge of life. Uh, even that like we have our brains are like just learning to fathom so it was seriously so amazing to talk to you and thank you so much for hopping on this call with us oh you're welcome if i can if you want to talk some more another time i'd be glad to do it yes we'd love to and we will be in contact with you and taylor has connections with you too so that will be perfect yeah um but thank you so much again. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, <laughs> my joy, I feel joy just being with you. Oh, thank you. This, this has really been so much fun. Um, whoa. That was, that was quite, <laughs> the, wow. Everything about that was, it, it was so good, but so hard to, like, I hate yes, using the word yes. digest, but digest is a good word because it, like, you need to, like, think about it and then apply it, but it takes mm-hmm. a lot of I, mental capacity. Yes. My, my thoughts were becoming scattered, but it was so interesting to hear. So I'm really, 
glad we got to hear it and now we get the chance to digest it like you said over the past yeah. or over the next um <laughs> rest of our lives but it's we are literally with everyone <laughs> listening to that and trying to understand what we just fully heard yes but she was so she was so cute she just she had, was adorable <laughs> she just gave like such a good perspective and something just about her her heart and you could tell that she believed what she was saying yes and she was speaking from um her her years of experience and from her experience coaching other people mm-hmm. and it was so good. Yes. And it's so learning to tie it all in to our lives is definitely will be the hardest part. And um, we started getting t- into that in the end about how understanding it also brings freedom and it also allows you to step into your power. And it also allows, I mean, it allows for a variety of things, but mm-hmm. it's not just this idea. It's a lifestyle mm-hmm. and it's... um something that obviously will take a long time to get used to and fully understand and just catching ourselves when we say it and trying to think then like what else can I say to change like uh it's just so interesting I'm glad we were Sam and I were talking off the podcast for a second and we were just saying how we're glad that I she corrected me when I was even talking to her because it's a good example of how easy it is to slip into that kind of thought process mm-hmm. and just the thing of saying I feel because no like own your feelings take responsibility and then embrace it and I thought it was interesting yes. um just to to apply it to my own I'm I'm just blown away and my my mind is scattered and I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to process all of this but um it was so good and another thing I loved was when she was just talking about embracing your humanness. I think I said that when we were talking to her, but it really Mm -hmm. is so cool because it's something that I've been talking about with my family too and just embracing imperfection and the desire that we have sometimes to to feel a certain way or to look a certain way and, and then accepting that we feel that way and then acknowledging like how we want to go about the next step and seeing if it's healthy or if it's unhealthy and just taking a step back and kind of seeing your life from another lens mm. in a way. <laughs> yes. Um, I think the hardest part for me will be separating the idea of taking responsibility and the idea of blaming myself or feeling guilty about it because um, it's it's obviously it's completely different things, but in my mind right now, they're very similar. Um, I think I mentioned it also in the podcast, but just the idea of taking responsibility for, um, skipping this workout, but not saying it's my fault I'm skipping the workout. I'm just saying it's what I need and I am, but it's not anyone else's fault or my own. It just is. And it's so, it is beyond our, our imagination and it's hard for us to fathom right now. And, oh, Yes. It was all just so helpful. Yeah. And she was talking about how you have to, when you take that responsibility, that's allowing you to step into a space of growth. Mm. And without it, there's no growth because 
you aren't fully in tune with how you're feeling Ugh. and how you're perceiving and um, how you're speaking to yourself and to other people. But once you do accept that, you're able to just adjust and reframe. I keep saying the same thing, but I'm just trying to. No, like, yes, yes. In, yes. Yeah. It's so. But it's definitely something that I will now be thinking about. Um, and it's just another example of the idea that there's so much more to life, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But there's so many mm-hmm. different ways to better ourselves. And as we grow along this journey of Ruby, we are going to discover um, a million different ways to better ourselves. And it can be overwhelming, but it's also just reassurance that um, we're all humans and we're all mm-hmm. growing together. And we're excited to keep growing with each and every one of you on this journey. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of my favorite questions, I think you asked it, Sam, was how what she would say to her 16 year old self. Mm. And I just think we talked about this with Madison Embry, I think, on one of our episodes, a couple or mm-hmm. our second episode. Anyway, um, just about like going back and, and talking to your your younger self and getting in tune with that. But what she had to say about feeling your feelings. I, I had seen a quote like that on Pinterest before, but, and I just thought it, it looked cute. So I pinned it, but like, <laughs> I never had fully like understood what it, what it meant. But I think she said it perfectly just to understand exactly how you're feeling and, and use that to, to truly live, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, it was, it was also inspiring to hear her, feeling so like fired up about that question um because she was saying how how important it is for our generation to hear this type of thing because where is it said nowhere like where are we (laughs) learning this not at school and most of our parents (laughs) I love you mom and dad but I don't know some of this stuff you just have to hear from people who specialize in this Mm -hmm. sort of um like thought process and and self-care act as Sam put it and I don't know, it was really cool to hear from her. Yes, it was definitely a conversation I will not forget. Yes. So again, um, Dr. Barbara Morris, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for hopping on and for all the wisdom you shared with us. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Big Sis Tay here. Thank you. So much again for tuning in, for listening to the Ruby podcast. We again are so grateful you're here. And I, of course, am hoping that you are learning so much and that you're getting so much out of this Ruby journey so far because this is only episode three and we have so many more beautiful things to come for you. So we are so grateful you're here and that you're listening and you're learning and growing with us. And so without further ado, because you know that my role on the show is I get to answer questions straight from you, straight from our community. And so I'm going to play this beautiful question asked by Dariti. Here it is. My question is, what is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, the best advice I've ever received. That's a tough one. I am not going to lie because... I feel like I've been given so much fabulous advice in my life that I apply 
on a daily basis. But the first thing that comes to my mind is something, of course, that my mom tells me to this day. And she tells me that at the end of the day, if I can lay my head down and remember that I did the best that I could do with what I had, then I can call it a success. And so the emphasis on the advice that I think is so beautiful is did the best with what I had. So, right, what I have, how much energy I have, how much um, opportunity I had, how much, I all the things, resources I had, right? Like sometimes we set these high expectations for ourselves. Like I have to be huge and fabulous every single day. Well, sometimes we don't have the energy. We don't have the vision. We don't have the support we need to be able to do those things. So sometimes the best that I have that day is to watch Netflix on the couch all day. That's sometimes the best I have. But then on other days, sometimes the best I have is being able to just rock it out in business and rock it out in life and communicate and talk to you all like this. And so doing the best with what you have is a mantra that I would encourage you to carry with you. Showing up, trying your best, right? People say that all the time. Work hard, try your best. But remembering to do it with what you have is the only thing that you can do. So think about that. Take that with you. And if you have any questions that you would want me to respond to on the podcast, please send us on our Instagram DMs at underscore the Rubico and we'll get to them and we'll share them. So thanks so much for your question, Dariti, and um, I look forward to answering more. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to episode three of Ruby the Podcast. If anything during this episode resonated with you, we'd love it if you could screenshot the episode, um, share it to your story, and tag us at underscore the Ruby Co. We'd also really appreciate it if you could rate and review us on iTunes. Um, some places you can find us are TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram at underscore the Ruby Co. And don't miss our new website, theruby.community. And this episode was produced by our lovely CEO, Taylor Kanigowski, edited by Sam Frangioni, and all of the music was originally created by Ethan McCullough. We hope you leave here feeling fulfilled, and we'll see you next time on Ruby the Podcast. Stay Ruby!